I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 72 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome back. It's Sarah, your host, and I'm so excited that you are joining me today. I feel like I say that every week, but really, I get so excited when I record these podcast episodes for you. I am excited about today's episode because I am going to share some things that I learned from stepping out of the classroom, both into coaching roles and when I left working in a school completely. A couple of reasons for this episode. One, I know that this is the time of year you know, we are at kind of the beginning of March here, and this is the time when teachers are starting to think ahead into next year, you know, whether or not they want to switch grade levels, switch schools. I feel like this is the time when principals start kind of like planning out their next year. They know about vacancies. They have to sign contracts. It all kind of starts now. So it's possible that you have been thinking about what does next year look like for me? You know, what do I want my position to be? And I've also had a few teachers reach out to me on Instagram or through email asking me about some of my professional transitions and kind of just wanting advice, input, wanting to hear about my experience, both when I left the classroom and when I left then working in a school to start my own business. So while I know that this is kind of a thing that lots of teachers are talking about, when I'm planning out my episodes and content, I think about what is going to resonate with teachers. And so I thought it would be helpful for me just to, like I said, share some of my own personal experiences with transitioning within my career. And even if you are not thinking about leaving the classroom and pursuing, you know, a leadership role or a coaching role or something different within education, or even if you're not even thinking about leaving working in school in general, I would still encourage you to listen to this episode for a couple of reasons. One, the sort of like things that I share are really applicable to life in general for any sort of life change transition, even if it's not career related. And 
While I cannot guarantee a lot of things in life, the one thing that I can guarantee is that life is constantly changing and the opportunities we experience are constantly changing and, you know, we can't predict the future. But I think just knowing that like change is inevitable and anytime that we can have sort of a toolbox of strategies to help us manage the change, that can be a great thing. So even if this episode is not relevant to you now, this week, this month, it might be in a month or two, and it might be in a year or two, and it might be, you know, something that you can come back to. So that is sort of the precursor or the preview to the episode and what we are going to be talking about. So today I wanted to share really four, I don't know, lessons or mindset shifts or reminders of things to really just think about if you are making any sort of career change or if you've been, you know, thinking about making any sort of career change this next year. First of all, let me just acknowledge that thinking about a change can be scary, especially if you've been in the same position or the same school for a while, you know, and if you're thinking, maybe I want to move up to middle school, or maybe I want to move down to lower elementary, or maybe I want to pursue, you know, a leadership role, whatever it is, that can be scary and it can be overwhelming. And so the first thing that I want you to remember and consider with whatever change you are thinking about making is to remind yourself that there will always be more opportunities for you, that this opportunity is not going to be the last one that is presented to you, whatever it is, whether it is an opportunity to leave teaching in general, to move into a leadership role, to teach another grade level, whatever this opportunity is, it will not be the last. And your life and your career will be filled with many, many more opportunities. And I think that this is probably the most important place to start anytime you are considering a change, because I think if you can truly believe that there are more opportunities in your future, you are going to be stepping away from the scarcity mindset and you are no longer going to be feeling pressured by this single opportunity because you feel like it's your last. You know, I think when we are in that scarcity mindset and it's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be my last chance to leave or my last chance to move or my last chance to do whatever, then you might feel sort of pressured or forced to, you know, take this opportunity even if you're not ready. So just know, like basically remove the pressure from yourself that this is not going to be your last opportunity. There's always going to be opportunities in your future. And I've experienced this a lot and I've gotten really good at believing this. And I've shared a little bit about this before, but I've moved around a lot. I've moved around a lot as an adult, you know, both before I met my husband and after I met my husband, which means I have left a lot of grade levels. I have left a lot of schools and I have left a lot of teaching positions. And the first time that I left the classroom, I was really nervous about making this decision. I had just been teaching, I want to say, for four or five years, and I was presented with the opportunity to be a literacy coach. And I was really terrified about taking this position for a couple of reasons. One, I was nervous. You know, I only had five years of experience, and I was worried that I was not qualified enough for that position. And, you know, I was worried about whether or not I would actually be successful in this literacy coaching role. And then I was also nervous about whether or not I was actually ready to say goodbye to teaching. And I agonized over this decision and I stressed over this decision probably way more than I needed to because I was making this kind of like the final decision, you know, and in my head, I was thinking, if I leave the classroom and become a literacy coach, what happens if I'm not good at it? What happens if I bomb completely? In my head, all of a sudden, I was like, well, then I'm going to have to go and like, you know, I can't even be in a, I can't work in education anymore because I will have failed at this role. When it's like, okay, if I, if I become a literacy coach and I don't like it, I can always come back to the classroom. But I didn't give myself that opportunity 
or the idea to return. And I was kind of making it an all or nothing decision. So I left the classroom. I became a literacy coach. And then my husband and I moved to Chicago. And so I took a role as an instructional coach. And and basically, literacy coach and instructional coach were very similar positions, just slightly different titles. But, you know, primarily, I was working with teachers and with students. And I don't know, the whole time that I was in this coaching role, I learned a ton and I really loved it and enjoyed it. But I sort of always had this worry of like, okay, what if I left the classroom too early? What if I didn't, you know, reach my peak and my prime as a teacher? And I just, you know, worried that what if I was missing out on something really great by leaving? But then we had an opportunity to move to Houston. And when we made that transition, you know, we were switching states, which means I was going to have to leave my school in Chicago no matter what. I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to continue coaching. Like, I don't have to stay in this coaching role. I can go back to the classroom if I want to. And after really kind of thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I actually really want to go back in the classroom. And so I only applied to teaching jobs when we moved to Houston. And I ended up getting a teaching job and I ended up staying in the classroom for another four years before I transitioned out again to become assistant principal. And making the decision to go back into the classroom, I think, just reminded me of, you know, it's like, wait a minute, I am in control of my career. I get to make the decision. And, you know, just because I feel like sort of the normal career trajectory is once you step into any sort of leadership role, you stay in that role, doesn't mean that that's how it has to be for you. You know, if you are thinking now, maybe I want to switch grade levels, maybe I want to switch schools, maybe I want to switch into another position and try curriculum or, you know, try another subject, whatever it is. Just because you make that decision, and even if it is like a move up, if you will, a you know a promotion in some capacity, doesn't mean you have to stay there. You can always return back to the classroom or whatever position that you want. And when I went back into the classroom, I absolutely loved it. Those four years where I was back teaching with students were probably some of my favorite of my career because I was able to apply everything that I had learned from being a coach and all of the things that I worked with teachers and all of the great lessons that I observed, I was able to apply. And I had so much fun. I kind of just shared my own personal story a little bit because if I could go back to the first time I left the classroom, you know, I wish I could have just basically told myself like, hey, if this doesn't work out or if you want to return, you can. There will always be opportunities for you in education. And the other thing that I think is so important to remember, and I remind myself of this often, is that when I first started teaching, my current job I don't even know what title I would give myself, but, you know, this idea of, you know, I have an educational podcast, I have an educational resource store, I have my membership, I create curriculum, I do professional development all, you know, online. That didn't really even exist when I was starting off as my career. And so I think, you know, right now, wherever you are at in your career, there will be opportunities in your future that you can't even imagine right now because those positions or those opportunities don't even exist, whether they are in your school or in education in general. And so I guess the main point of all of this, this first key point, is try not to get so focused on this one single opportunity because it will not be your last. It will not be the only. You will always have opportunities. And you will also have opportunities that probably excite you and give you a passion for the things that drive you, the things that get you excited. You will have opportunities that you don't even know yet. So just know that you will always have opportunities. So don't feel pressured to take this one single opportunity if you're not 100% ready. That's the the moral of that first story. So point number one, step number one is you will always have more opportunities. Now, the second thing that I want you to think about is to consider, does this new opportunity, whether it is a move within education or out of education, does this new opportunity offer you benefits that align with your personal core values? And this is really, I think, important to consider. 
When I made the decision to leave my assistant principal role, and that is when I then stepped away from working in a school to pursue my own business and work on growing the Stellar Teacher Company, I feel like I've noticed a lot of key themes in my life. I agonize over major life decisions, but that is a decision that literally took me months to make. I started considering it in September, and I did not make the decision then until February. And, you know, if you've ever made a major life decision, that's stressful. So basically from, you know, September until February, I was in this state of agony and stress because I did not know what to do. And I wish I would have sort of like made the decision sooner. But the reason why making the decision to leave the assistant principal role was so challenging is a couple things. One, I had basically created or turned that job as assistant principal and made it such a huge part of my personal identity. And I think I've kind of always done this as a teacher. You know, my success as a teacher, as an assistant principal, was core to who I was. I was good at the job, and so I felt really confident, and I, you know, success is important to me as a person, but I just had made, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know who I am if I'm not a teacher. I don't know who I am if I'm not an assistant principal. You know, whatever my job is, my job title really became who I was. And so I was having a hard time even thinking about leaving it because I'm like, I don't know who or what I am without my job. But I also, I'm very much a people pleaser and I didn't want to disappoint anyone at school. And I was good at what I did. I know the teachers loved me. I know my principal loved me. I heard that a lot. The parents loved me. The students loved me. And so even considering leaving made me nervous because I didn't want to disappoint anyone. And I didn't even want to disappoint my husband, you know, who was like, do whatever you whatever you want. My husband is seriously the most supportive person ever. And he was like, if you're unhappy, leave, do something else, you know. But I was like, I had this idea that if I left my job, I would be a failure, which is absolutely not true. But that's the sort of narrative that I created in my head. But I was also working with a principal who was very close to retirement. And he had already from the beginning you know, told me I'm going to be retiring in a couple of years and I want you to be my replacement. I want you to take over the school when I leave. I will help you be ready for that. I will make sure the district like, you know, puts you in this role and he was going to groom me to be principal. And I had then this like nervous sort of thing, like, is that even something that I want? Do I want to be a principal? And so, you know, in my head, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be a principal. I don't know if I want to stay in this assistant principal for the rest of my life. It was also very stressful. And so I was feeling just a lot of overwhelm with what the future of my career looked like. And so because I had so much stress at work, just trying to sort of like figure out what does my career look like, I had started to see a therapist to, to really just talk through a lot of my thoughts and feelings. And as a side note, I am a huge fan of therapy and counseling and have seen a counselor on and off for really the majority of my adult life. And if you have never sought out a counselor I would encourage you to do so, you know, especially if you have any sort of chronic stress, anxiety, or depression, you know, counseling and talk therapy can really provide a lot of help, support, and relief. And if you are, you know, having any sort of major life decision that you just have a hard time sort of like deciding upon, therapy can definitely be helpful. So just I'll encourage you to do that. Now, my counselor at the time had me go through an exercise that really helped me make a decision. And it's also an exercise that I have gone through kind of again and again and again with other opportunities that have presented themselves to me because I'm like, this is just a helpful way to kind of like think through a decision-making process. So the first thing that she had me do was get really crystal clear on my personal values. Just what are things that are important to me? And it can be anything, you know, family, personal, you know, success, friendship, health, nutrition, the ability to work out, you know, collaborating with a team, even money, sleep having nice things, not having things, you know, minimalist, whatever it is, you know, there's no right or wrong value here. It's just what are things that are important to you? And, you know, it's, I think, really important to make sure that you know things that are important to you because obviously you want your life to be reflective of those things. 
And so once I kind of spent some time, and honestly, this was a thing that was challenging for me because I had always thought through what are things that are important to my job, not necessarily what are things that are important to me as an individual. So once I was able to get really clear on my personal core values, not my professional core values, but my personal core values, she then had me list out what are the opportunities that I had available to me at the time. And, you know, again, she's just like, what could you do in your career? And I was like, well, I could stay an assistant principal for now and forever. I could become a principal immediately or sort of in the next couple of years. I knew I could always go back to teaching. That is something that I had done. And so I had no problem, even though I was in this leadership role, I had no problem if I wanted to going back into the classroom. And then I also had this opportunity to start my own business. And so those were kind of the four things that I was considering. So then once I had my list of opportunities, she then wanted me to just brainstorm what are all the positives that come with each of the opportunities, you know? So it's like with assistant principal, maybe it is being in a position of leadership, being able to impact teachers, familiarity of job, you know, making more money than a teacher, something that I was confident with, you know, with being a principal, I would have the ability to, you know, set the direction for the school. It would be a challenge. I would, you know, make more money as an assistant principal. I would, you know, be in a position of, I don't know if like prestige is the right word, but again, it's just like having the title. If I went back to teaching, I would have summers and longer vacations. I would get to work directly with students. You know, I would be on a team. So the opportunity to collaborate, you know, if I started my own business, there'd be flexibility of hours, the potential to impact more teachers, you know, the opportunity to move anywhere, just whatever benefit. It was literally just brainstorm any benefit uh, that I could possibly think of. And then once I listed out all of the positives, she had me go back and really underline and circle the positives that aligned to my own personal core values. And this was really important for me because it's one of those things. And, you know, this is where it's like, just because a job gives you time off, if time off is not personal core value to you, it doesn't matter if that's a positive. You know, if a job provides a new computer or a new technology, but you're like, those things aren't important to me, that's not a really benefit that you should pay attention to. You know, if a job is providing you with more money, More money is always a great thing, but if you're not in a position where you're like money is of the most important or value, it doesn't matter if that is a perk of the job. So basically what she had me do was look at my opportunities, look at the benefits of them, and really zero in on the specific benefits that were in alignment with my own personal core values and kind of try to weed through and ignore anything that offered a perk that wasn't really going to, you know, make me personally fulfilled, which I found this exercise to be really helpful. And here's the thing. I thought we were going to do the same thing with the negatives, but we didn't list out any negatives at all. We didn't even pay attention to what are the negatives because she's like, ultimately, you want to make a decision for your career and opportunities that are going to be personally fulfilling. You don't want to take a job because it has an absence, you know, or it doesn't have a certain negative or because it has the fewest number of negatives. You want to make a decision really based off of a positive value. So I found this exercise to be really incredibly helpful. And after I sort of went through all of that and looked at, you know, the values and figured out which ones were most important to me, That's what made it really easy for me to make the decision at the time to step away from working in a school and pursue my own business. And, you know, one of the biggest factors for it was impact is really important to me. And I shared about this really in my first podcast episode and a couple other ones, you know, how I've always moved toward positions that have given me the biggest impact in education. And when I saw that and realizing that, you know, if I started my own business, the opportunity for impact is so much greater than if I ever stay in a single school. And that right there was one of the biggest things that was important to me. And yeah, there were some other benefits on there, obviously, like working from home and having some flexibility. But, you know, knowing how important impact was to me and seeing that that benefit was 
greatest out of that opportunity, it made it easy for me to say, you know what? It doesn't matter if I disappoint somebody. It doesn't matter if, you know, I'm stepping away from something I'm good at. It doesn't matter of all of these things because I am moving towards a position and a job and an opportunity that is so aligned with something that is important to who I am as a person. So hopefully that exercise is helpful for you. You can do it for really anything. But going through that and just really thinking about the opportunity and the benefits that aligned to my personal core values was helpful. Okay, the third thing to think about is to just really get crystal clear on the main reason for why you want to leave and the driving force behind it. And, you know, even though I made the decision based off of the positive, some of the reasons why I wanted to leave the assistant principal job is because I was really stressed. I didn't have good work-life balance. And in my head, I was like, okay, if I work from home, I'm going to have a lot more flexibility. I'm not going to have to work nights and weekends. It's going to be easy for me to get that work-life balance that was important to me. That was down on like one of those like personal core values, not having work be the sole focus. But the thing that I have learned is that the grass is not always greener. And the reality of it is, is every job is going to come with its own set of challenges and hurdles. And so I think it's important to remind yourself that this change, if you are pursuing, whether it's a change in grade, you know, a change in schools, a change in positions or leaving education altogether, you know, whatever it is, there will be new challenges and hurdles with the new opportunity. And the grass is not always greener, you know, and I think it's important to take a new opportunity because you're trying to pursue something versus you're trying to avoid or eliminate something. Again, I think just let me caution you that if you're thinking a career change, whether small or major, is going to fix any sort of stress problem or, you know, current unhappiness, it might, you know, switching careers might be the thing that fixes your current situation as far as from like a an internal emotional state, but it also might not. And I think it's important to consider if the things that are stressing you out and causing unhappiness, if they are internal or external. And kind of my experience with this is, you know, when I left my AP job, it was very stressful. I worked really, really long hours. You know, I have some workaholic tendencies. I often worked 11 to 12 hour days. I usually brought work home with me on the evenings and the weekends. I was consumed with work. I definitely worked way more than when I was in the classroom. And, you know, I loved it. I've always loved it. But even, you know, whether you even love your job, if you are overworking, you are going to be burnt out. And I definitely had that burnout feeling. And I knew that when I made the decision to leave, I was like, okay, if I work from home, I'm not going to be burnt out. I'm not going to be stressed. I won't have to work nights and weekends. I'm going to have that flexibility because I am going to be in charge of myself and my schedule. So when I left and started my own business and working from home, at first, I didn't work nights and weekends. And at first, I did feel that sort of like stress. And I was like, I can finally pursue some hobbies. And and I experienced that for a little bit. But honestly, it only took a few months of working at home for myself for those bad workaholic tendencies to kick in. And all of a sudden, I found myself working nights. I found myself working weekends. I found myself becoming really kind of all consumed with my work and becoming really stressed out about it because all of a sudden, now I realized, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Yes, I have these opportunities and all of these great things, but like, it's stressful. You know, I, I had to make sure that I was, you know, growing my business and replacing my income and responsible for retirement. And I care about impacting teachers. And so I was like, okay, if I do a little bit, if I do more, I can impact even more teachers. And so it just quickly became all-consuming in the same way that my assistant principal job was. And in my head, I was like, well, if I switch my circumstances, then my behaviors around work will also change. But what I realized was that switching a job, switching where I worked and what I was working on didn't switch me. It didn't change my relationship with work and my workaholic tendencies and this view that I had about, you know, 
the role that work played in my life. And that wasn't going to change until I started doing some internal reflection and some internal work on what I believed to be true about, you know, work and success and, you know, value and failure and all of these sort of like internal things. And, you know, since working from home, I was like, okay, well, now I've realized that it's like I have to work on these things and I have to work on me and I have to work on, you know, having work-life balance. And that is not handed to me in a specific job situation. That is something that I create, you know, based off of how I set boundaries and how I manage, you know, my tasks and how I prioritize things and, you know, stuff like that. So it's basically no matter what job I was in, I realized that I would overwork and be stressed unless I decided to change my own personal relationship with work and success until I did that internal work. So just make sure that you know why you want to leave. And I think if it has anything to do with an internal or emotional issue, you know, wanting to be less stressed, wanting to be happier, wanting to have more work-life balance, know that an external change, a new job, a new position might not necessarily change those things because those things are internal. Those are things that we have to work on personally. Hopefully that makes sense, but definitely something that I sort of like learned the hard way. And then the final thing just to think about if you are thinking about making any sort of change is just do a quick gut check, you know? I think our gut reactions are a definitely thing we should pay attention to. And, you know, I think if you are moving forward, you want to think about, does this opportunity make you feel expansive or does it make you feel contracted? And this is these terms are things that I first read in Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figureoutable, which is just a great book to read. But, you know, it's like you want to think about having, you know, this opportunity. You want it to make you feel expansive, meaning Does the idea of it bring you joy? Does it bring you happiness? Does it bring you excitement? You know, even if you are stepping out of your comfort zone and possibly into a job that you are nervous about, do you still have some excitement and hopefulness? And, you know, are you just looking forward to it? Or does this opportunity make you feel contracted? You know, do you have some dread, some unhappiness, some heaviness? You know, if the opportunity is something that you are feeling like forced or a burden you know, maybe that's a sign that it's not the right opportunity, at least for you right now. So just for a minute, think about, okay, how do I actually physically feel when I think about this new opportunity and try to move towards something that is making you feel expansive, you know, joyful, happiness, excitement, all of those things. So I shared just my experience with these, not because I'm, I am not a career coach, I'm not a life coach, I'm not a therapist. These are literally just simply things that I have learned from my own experiences. And like I said, I have moved around a lot and I have I've left the classroom, gone back to the classroom. I've been in leadership opportunities, left those, started my own business. I've I've just made a lot of changes in my career. And I, I know, one, how hard change can be just in general. And so I wanted to share just out of my own, you know, experience, if it could possibly be helpful for you. I always, you know, anytime I put these episodes together, I want them to be helpful for you. And knowing that this is something that teachers are talking about, like I said, I've had a couple of personal conversations with teachers about this topic. And so I thought it could be helpful for you. So Hopefully, these sort of things that I share are just something that you can, you know, chew on and think about. And let me just quickly reiterate, if you are thinking about making any sort of career change or life change in general, remember that there will always be opportunities in your future. And I think if you're thinking about making a switch, make sure that you are making the decision. So the benefits of this new opportunity align with your personal core values. Try to get crystal clear on the why you are wanting to make the change and being able to figure out if you need to do some internal work first. And, you know, then just do that gut check to make sure that you are feeling expansive and excited about this idea. And know that change is hard and it can be scary, even if it is a good thing. And I am here to cheer you on and support you and encourage you in any way that I can. You know, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at the Stellar Teacher Company if you have any questions or if you just need a little pep talk 
as you get ready to embark on a new opportunity or if you've made the decision, you know, if you're not even thinking about leaving and you need a pep talk for being a teacher, you know, I love encouraging you guys. So any sort of pep talk, I'm here to give it to you. And of course, as always, I hope you'll join me back here next week. Actually, we're going to be kicking off a two-week mini-series on how you can use Poem of the Week in your classroom to boost comprehension and fluency. This Poem of the Week routine that I'm going to talk about is one of our members' favorites inside the Seller Teacher Reading Membership, and I'm super excited to share it with you guys over the next two weeks. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you have a stellar week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.